Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com This is Let Me Bore You to Sleep with Andre Dooley Newland or Andre Dooley Newland my little boy he's my son, it's Andre he's kind of asleep so we're having a little uh, father-son bonding time looks a bit like I'm breastfeeding him doesn't it but I'm not so I'm making an attempt <laughs> I just realized that there's a big stain on the wall um, there used to be a, a bookcase here and I think it kind of stained the white wall but it's okay even he's yawning look I'm glad I've got him here to cover up my belly because if he was not there it just yeah I'd have to kind of rearrange the camera somewhat so uh, my attempt is to I'm filming it I'm also recording it and to link those two together so that it's a good quality sound as well as being a good quality video I've got a light in front of me just there shining on me so hopefully it should be good quality and um, try and forget the stain the nappies <laughs> the diapers nappy stain on the I can't stop looking at it now, I don't know what it is. When I'm looking at the screen, it looks like it's on the actual camera, but it's not. So, only listen to this or watch this video when you can safely close your eyes, because the whole point of it is to bore you. There's no other reason than just to me talk boringly about things some of it is gonna be real you know like memories and stuff but some of it might just be made up it depends on why decide to talk about and I won't know until I've started really so I suppose my advice is to close your eyes, you know, get yourself comfortable first. It's always a good way, you know, idea to do that before you close your eyes, otherwise you could trip over things. And um, get yourself comfortable. Maybe you've got a chair like mine that you can sit back in or Maybe you want to lie down in your bed. Maybe, you know, if you are sitting in a chair, because it is a a boring, sleepy thing, it's probably a good idea to have a, a chair that supports your body. So it's not an ideal situation to sit on a stool or, you know, a standard chair. Maybe sit in one that supports your arms and your body. 
so if you're in the middle of a tightrope you know and you're balancing or maybe climbing a mountain or something oh look do you want to say hello to your fans and say hello look hello look Mm. Look at you. Well, he wants the microphone. You can't have the microphone. No. He's just wiggling for those that aren't watching the video. He's just having a wiggle. Are you having a wiggle? You want to get off? He wants to go. Okay. Oh, it's fair enough. You wanted to go to the toilet. You didn't need the wee wee. Do you want to come back? You want to come back up? Now he's on the wee wee. Andre. I don't think he does. Doesn't seem too bothered. He's gone back into his plastic carrier bag and he's gone to sleep no he's not it's gone into his tube I would show you but it means moving the camera around and I can't be bothered all I've got to do is go like that but still come nah. so this t-shirt is not very flattering I'm not showing my boobies off very well Nice and firm. It's like that. They look all saggy. Aren't they? They're cool. That's like I've been breastfeeding for... And they've gone all... Oh, they're firm. So... Um, that's more for the visual. For those of you that are just listening. I just push my breasts together. My man, my man breasts. So anyway, back to sensible chat. I suppose I could talk about Andre. I could talk about when I first got him. I'm, I'm not sure if I've mentioned it before on any of these sessions, but the thing is, What's that? The thing is, I've. I think this is the 46th. 46th session uh, of Let Me Bore You to Sleep. And averaging between 40 minutes and an hour each. That's a lot of. Um, pointless chatter. That's, isn't it? That's. That's a lot of absolute nonsense that I would have spurted out of my mouth during that period. So I might have mentioned uh, when I first gave birth to Andre, but uh, yeah, maybe I'll mention it again anyway. So, originally, 
when I moved into this flat, it was back in trying to think what year it was. Well, I've been here for three years. It was three years last April. The, the April's just gone. So it's now October the... I think it's October the 14th today. So it was... So it's now 2018. So going back... So would that be 15? Yeah, so it's April 2015 was when I moved in to this flat and it's a council flat so it's it's pretty much a home for life but the rent is low so I don't um, it's like social housing so the rent for this is something like 83 pound 50 a week which is a lot lower than it would be if I rented a flat, especially this, because it's fairly big, quite a big size flat. So if I rented something like this in the private market, it would be, so it'd be a lot more anyway, than what I'm paying. And so I moved in here I was actually gonna, when I first got onto the housing thing, I was on, there's a thing called Home Choice. It might be called different things in different parts of the country. Um, and how the system works in England, because I'm, I'm sure, I've no doubt that the social housing system would work differently in different countries. and. On, I've no doubt that there are countries that don't have social housing and some that have a lot more, but I don't know, you know, I'm not really um, educated on that. I don't know what, what the the rules are and the things like that. I know, I'm pretty sure there's parts of Europe who have a really good social housing structure uh, and they managed to meet the housing needs of the population. In my country, they don't um, manage to meet the needs of the population that live here. So there's, you know, not everybody has a home that needs one. And when I was a child, see, I lived, I, I grew up in council houses and flats um, for a lot of my child, you know, for different parts of my life. So I was born in 1970 and I'm not 100% sure, I'd have to ask my dad this, but where I lived, I think it was a, a council house that I lived in when I was a baby, but I, I don't really know. It might have been privately rented. I'm pretty sure it was a council, but I don't have to ask. 
Um, I'm not going to get him on the phone because I'm using the phone to record this thing. I do actually have a camera and it's a really good camera and it records for about half an hour. But I got it out and I've charged it up. I've got a sort of separate battery and I did all that. And it's a really nice camera. It's a Canon and people, my, some of my followers and fans actually helped me to pay for it. So I will be using it. I just need to... Uh, the reason why I stopped being able to use it is because my laptop broke and then I got the camera because I didn't have a laptop so therefore I didn't have a camera so I got the, the this phone and started using the phone and then the picture was kind of as good if not better than the camera and I can film for longer but I don't know if it's better it's hmm I do, I do like the, the, I'd like actually to start, and I know it's probably a bit late now, now that summer's over, um, but I didn't get out that much during the summer. But I'm thinking of maybe taking up a little bit of photography, just as a, not, I don't know, maybe a hobby, as an additional thing. Um, and then look at maybe having some nice backgrounds maybe to some videos that I do that don't, that, or audios that I do that don't have me on camera. So maybe go to the park or maybe some pictures of Andre and yeah, I think I quite like to, because you know, the, the pictures I get on that camera would be a lot better than the ones I get on the phone because it's more focused and it is spilled there just for the camera so it should be I should be able to take better pictures more striking pictures you know so the I might start doing that so I lived in a council place I think when I was first born but I'm not 100% sure, but I, I lived there for about six months and then I didn't live there anymore. And then I, I think I was, I was in, I had a like foster parents for, until the age of two, so about six and a half till two, like six months till about two years old. I think they were in a council house because back in them days, most people um, of a certain, most I think most people did live in council properties. You know, owning your own house wasn't really. I don't think it was that important back then. There was a lot of social housing, and you know, it was. Personally, I think it would be uh, nice if we could get back to that. But it's probably, how do you get back? I don't know, but. So I lived in probably a council house for the age of six months to about two years. Then I know I lived in a council block of flats in Newcastle for a couple of years. So that was, I should say what a block of flats is. So it's like an apartment block. 
where there's and I suppose flat is an apartment you know this is a flat that I've got here so it's some flats have one room a living room kitchen bathroom some would have two or three rooms you get maisonettes I dated someone that lived in a maisonette once didn't date her once I dated her for a period of time I saw her more than once but once as in once upon a time there were three bears and I I'd never seen a maisonette before so I remember going in there and I can actually visualize the building so because I, I was um, I was working there on the estate on the council estate when I met her and something about sometimes I used to open the door for her because she had um, like a baby and a, a, another child and I used to open the door so she could get through at the door and um, much easier to get through when they're open uh, she probably could have opened it herself but the thing is when you got a push chair and it was uh, like one with a baby it wasn't um, like it was a cot rather than a little pram you know it was a pram or whatever so she couldn't really reach the door handle while she was behind the pram so what I used to do is I'd put my mop down and I'd open the door for her and she used to say thank you to me and she'd smile and I think she she might have asked my name I think she asked my name once and I told her what my name was and I'm not sure but I think I asked her her name as well because at one point I did know her name before I started dating her before I started seeing her romantically because I remember I was on the estate and I saw her for the distance you know when you can see someone in her bow kind of like the other side of the park but enough to see her but can't talk to her in like a normal voice so hello she would like I think hello in a normal voice would reach about six seven foot maybe ten foot depending on you know the level of uh, I suppose it's not just the level of your voice is it whether the person's also the person's hearing uh, also whether they're thinking this because some people are walking down the street they're thinking of other things and they're not listening out uh, unless you say their name maybe they'll hear uh, maybe they're not expecting because not everybody knew me or knew who I was so some people might not ex be thinking about uh, that I might say hello to them or speak to them so they might just be walking on so maybe they can in some way physically hear my voice but not really recognize it because they were busy thinking about perhaps what they were going to have for dinner or maybe thinking about it could be anything it could be thinking about a, a movie that they watched you know maybe the weekend before 
or perhaps they've got a holiday they're planning maybe thinking of going to Tenerife or Mauritius or maybe Disney World and they've been planning it for ages and thinking about oh should we go where should we go first maybe doing research I mean back in them days there was no internet but it was you could still research things there was you know you could go into the travel agency and you get these big glossy magazines full of pictures and information about Disney World Disneyland uh, Niagara Falls what you know whatever part of the world you go into I now seem to be focusing on America but um, always Niagara Falls in Canada I'm not sure but what am I thinking of not Everest anyway I I used to sometimes get those I remember when I was about 16 and I used to go into a travel agency I think it was Thomas Cook and I get these magazines and there's like two reasons one is I quite liked one of the ladies that worked there and I did eventually ask her out on a date and she said yes and this is where I learned that maybe maybe I need to maybe not talk as much maybe I need I don't know, I think I kind of, well here's how it happened basically, I went, I was with my friend, Neil, and we were in the car, this was, I was about 16, so he was a friend from school, and I stayed friends with him, until, I was friends with him until, how old was I, 19 probably, when I'm 20? when I sort of moved away, 19. So I haven't really seen him much since then. I'd been seeing him for a long, long time. But we were, he was Scottish. And that's how, the reason I said that is because when I hear the Scottish accent, some people struggle, especially if they're from like the South, like London or, they sometimes struggle to understand a strong Scottish accent. But for me, it takes me a little while to get back into that, um, the zone where I can understand the accent. I'm talking about a strong, strong accent. And because he was one of my best friends and he had a quite a strong accent and his parents did, his mum especially, um, I think they were from Glasgow so I kind of got used to that accent a bit like with Ireland as well because my one of my best friends as an adult was Irish Andre in fact that's what um, Andre's named after I went and lived with in Ireland and it wasn't so much that the the accent was difficult I don't think the accents is is, is difficult to understand it's the speed of the talking you know if you slow down the speaking it's easy to understand but um, so it is kind of more the speed rather than the accent and it might surprise you but I'm not 
generally don't speak that quickly. There have been times when I have spoken quickly. But there's been times when I've really spoken really slowly. And, you know, with NLP, uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming, there's this thing about mirroring people and speaking at the same speed that they speak uh, in order to match them to build rapport, rapport, report, and um, using the same language in a sense that they use. So if they're using visual descriptions such as, you know, I see what you mean, or, um, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. So it's kind of matching those predicates, those auditory predicates or visual or kinesthetic and stuff like that. I feel where you're coming from, you know. But then I noticed years and years ago, uh, long before NLP, long before I discovered NLP, because it's been around a long time, but long before I got involved in it, I had a friend who was probably in very intellectual. I think that's a good description. Very intellectual, well educated, so very much self-educated and very interested in religion and very interested in uh, literature and things like that. And he used to, I remember him using a word, a fathom. He said, oh, I can't fathom that. And that was one of his favorite things to say at that time. I noticed that. So one day I said it just, you know, when I was talking to him separately, you know, and enough in, it was actually in France. We'd been traveling through France and, um, I met him, we were hitchhiking. Uh, he was hitchhiking and I was, I was staying with, I was staying with a, a couple and I was looking after their child while I was, while they were at work during the night, doing night shift and I was sleeping on their floor on a, like a made up bed or something. And then I was looking after the child, um, taking her to school in the morning. I might have been picking her up in the afternoon, I don't remember. But then during the summer holidays, um, the child went and stayed with her father. And the couple that were there, they decided to go on holiday. And so they went to, I don't know where they went, but they decided to, that they didn't want to leave me there. So I had to go somewhere for two weeks. So what I did is I said, okay, maybe I'll try and visit my stepmom that lived in, like up in Kent. 
and I, I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was basically going to have nowhere to stay for two weeks. So I travelled with them up towards Kent, and on the way, we well they picked up a hitchhiker, and he he was really friendly and chatty, very talkative, and I didn't didn't really like him at all. Just because I, it was someone new and he was he was friendly and I didn't really know. I was just sitting there in the back thinking, oh, when's he going to stop talking? And he come want he won me over. He was so he was lovely, really friendly, and it was just me that was being unfriendly really. But I was, you know, it's just how I was at that time, in that moment, and I wasn't rude. I just wasn't. I suppose, to be fair, because I didn't know where I was going to be sleeping that night, so I wasn't really f interested in hearing about mining and whatever else he was talking about. And it ended up that I got dropped off in Dover. He was going to Dover himself because he was going to go to France. And we were both there together. Uh, at the the terminal, like the the boat ship terminal, you know where the um, the ship goes from Dover to Calais, and he's he's thinking, he's getting ready to get onto the boat, and and he said, "Oh, why don't you come with me?" I said, "All right." I had I had nothing else to do. So I ended up traveling through France, all the way through the south of France, the mountains, and went through Paris, and yeah, ended up about six days or maybe longer, traveling through, staying in hotels, or just keeping down, sleeping in airports, or you know, whatever, just, it was really good actually. Um, so then I remember we were staying in a hotel and it was in this was I don't know if they call them hotels in France but it was this little village and it really was um, you know we were hitchhiking we were getting buses we were getting trains we were walking, it really was, I had no idea where, where I was, and he had a map. Um, at least I think it was a map, but he had a big thing he used to get out, a paper thing, and look at it, but I'm not sure how much he, well he could speak some French, but I'm not sure how much of it, I don't know if he was as good as he thought, because when we was in this little hotel and he was speaking, it sounded quite fluent to me. But the woman, I don't know, I'm sure she, the waitress or the manager, whoever she was, looked at me waiting for me to interpret. I don't know, I just got that, uh, that thought that maybe she thought maybe I was his carer. I, I don't know. 
But anyway, we was in the hotel room and he's, I said, I was, at that time I was writing my, I started writing a diary, like a, a journal. And I remember, because this was 1989, the reason I remember the year, I'll always remember the year, because Madonna's Like a Prayer was released that year, and it was playing where, when we were waiting for the boat, I think it was either the boat, either we were in Calais or we were in Dover, I'm not sure. But it was playing on a monitor. It was like a TV screen in there and it was playing, not like a prayer was playing. And I, I like that. I do like that song. I still do. I did then as well. I suppose I wouldn't now if I didn't then, but then I might, it might have grown on me. I mean, I remember, what is it, the song with, um, called Drunken Love that Beyonce did with Jay-Z and, um, oh, for those of you, that's Jay-Z for some people, but in England, Z, we don't do Z, we do Z. There's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y. It's everything else is the same apart from in America, in some other countries, they say they end it. So they go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. So in England, where the language originated, um, so in England, we our alphabet, it's exactly the same apart from the last letter. So it's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. So over here, Jay-Z is actually Jay-Z. Well, that's how it sort of should be pronounced, you know, correctly. But anyway, so Jay-Z and Beyonce, uh, they did a song called Drunken Love. I'm pretty sure, and this is a few years ago, I'm pretty sure they, she, released the album online or she released it without any promotion just bang plopped it out um, and no splashback just it was just there and it was a big hit and everything but the first time I heard that song I'm not like a, a, a massive Beyonce fan I do I do like her work I do um, this um, this tiny 
child. I used to like that band that she was in. And so I used to, you know, what was that? Put a finger on it. No, put a ring, put a ring on my finger. If you want to own me, or I forget the lyrics to that song, but if you want to boss me around, put a ring on my finger. Is it, was that the words? But so that was quite a good song. And um, but this drunken love really just it didn't it didn't do it for me. You know, it didn't spark that interest. It didn't spark that. Ooh, oh, that's a hmm. So oh, that's a good song. You know, I didn't start like wobbling me head and no, just general sort of kind of you know general kind of movements and acts of expression of pleasure through the uh, music and. But you know what, after hearing it a couple of times, maybe, maybe five times, might have been four times. It's hard to remember the exact amount of times, isn't it, sometimes that you, you know, you listen to a song and you realise that you really like it. There has been other songs as well like that that I just didn't didn't like until I just it something clicked and it wasn't my hip and I really liked it. I just really like oh 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 you know I just like really like a song. But then there's other songs that I liked straight away, loved straight away. I'll give you a few of those uh Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. So Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Um, oh, another one. This is years ago. I remember I used to watch back in. I think it was nineteen eighty-seven. I used to work in a chip shop. I used to live above the chip shop and a uh, good start to my career and I what did I, I used to watch this television show it used to be late at night so I'd finish work so if I was working in an evening I forget what time the place closed, but probably closed about nine, maybe ten even, I don't know, but I was, I'd be in there for another half an hour, an hour, clearing up, and then I'd go upstairs, and even if I was back at work early in the morning, I'd still be up late, I'd still stay up to early hours of the morning, I've kind of always been a bit like that, I like being up till early hours. You know, I think the average, probably the earliest I would go to bed, apart from when I was kind of had to go to bed early because of getting up at wonky o'clock, you know, I'd have to 
I've, I've kind of liked to go one o'clock really in the morning it's kind of the earliest I would go to bed but really I quite like probably more two to three o'clock maybe four once it gets after four then it gets a little bit a little bit like all sleepy in bed all day kind of thing but I do some of my best work at night so I'm kind of quite not prolific but I do get like a little boost you know probably about um, two o'clock one o'clock twelve o'clock because there's not a lot going on on telly not a lot going on anywhere it's pretty quiet it's not many there's no one around there's not much activity I can just get on with working on the website or maybe make a, a video or you know whatever I want to do maybe watch a movie even but back in that time that there wasn't any internet this is 1987 there was no there were computers but I didn't have one I I was living on seven pound a week so I was I was on the YTS and you know, I don't actually have necessarily always have memories of what's happened when I start talking about something sometimes the memories come back you know and I remember I was I'm going back to France I was in that room and I said to my friend I said because I was doing this journal trying this journal and I said something to him like ah oh, something that I was um, I found a little bit hard to understand uh, I think it was maybe a behavior a behavioral thing perhaps it was a behavior of some of the people that I'd met in France because I don't speak French I know a few basic words but I wasn't in Um, I didn't leave school highly educated let's put it this way as a, an understatement I was one of those kids that the teachers didn't bother with uh, and they left me alone if I left them alone that was sort of kind of the agreement unwritten, unsaid agreement as long as I didn't give them too much hassle, they didn't bother me. And that was established in the first year of high school. And since then, for the next four years, so I was there for five years, I didn't really learn anything other than, I suppose some things sunk in, but I'd already learned basic English. I always thought English and language and stuff's always been uh, fairly just you know I always used to love reading and um, yeah I'm not a big I'm not like a big fan of the English language I'm no scholar uh, but I do you know, English I found okay mathematics I really didn't um, didn't really didn't get excited by never never aroused me 
numbers never never got the juices flowing as it were Andre's just going to do a poo hi Andre so anyway I was talking to my friend in France and I said uh, I can't fathom it so I was using his language his use of language in a sentence and he said to me oh I didn't realize how intelligent you were until just now that's a really intelligent to say something like that so I kind of learned how to gain false rapport but I didn't really know what it was back then I do, I think it's, you know, anyway. Favourite songs. Oh, I used to be, a, yeah, I lived above a chip shop. There was this film, this um, TV show I used to watch. And uh, I think it was, it was either on a Friday night. Might have been on a Saturday night. It might have been on a Sunday night. I'm not sure. Or like early hours of the morning. Maybe on a Saturday morning. Or a Sunday morning. I suppose yeah, possibly even a Monday morning. And I'm not sure what channel it was on. Because back in 1987 in England we had four channels so we had BBC one we had BBC two we had ITV and we had channel four originally originally named channel four now well, I say now, back in 1996, or was it 97? I think it was 97. Channel 5 became the, the fifth broadcaster in my country. And it was actually launched by a friend of mine called Tim Vine. He's a comedian and... I haven't seen him for a long, many years now, but we used to be friends, and we, he, um, he basically launched the show with some other people, and he had loads of TV shows on there. He's, he was like the face of Channel Five when it first started, but back in 1987, there wasn't all those just four channels so I'm not sure I think this might have been channel 4 that the the show this music show is on so what it was I can't remember what it's called but there was some, like three people sitting on a panel like a you know like on chairs and uh, like a desk 
and they would watch new music videos that had just come out and they'd judge them they'd say oh I like that or oh I didn't like that or yeah I liked it a bit or maybe it's a grower not a shower you know whatever however you describe music videos maybe some people would say oh yes it's good but I didn't like the video or it's it's a good video but I didn't like the song or you know maybe some sometimes they say oh I like the song and the video but you know what what were those shoes that he was wearing which I've never really understood why that would matter but um so it's another thing like people used to say about Madonna like you know people only they only listen to her music because of how provocative she was and how you know attractive she was and things like that and uh, even then I, I thought even as a young man or a teenager I used to think well when you're listening to the music you know you can't see the person and this is you know um, if you've got a tape this is when tapes and albums you know uh, vinyl discs uh, this is before CD players and stuff or really before MTV we didn't have MTV on television in my country back then and so yeah you'd have videos you get to see videos on TV you know on top of the pops and things like that TV shows but generally if you're watching if you're listening to um, True Blue let's say great video of hers if you haven't seen True Blue, the video that Madonna did, then it's all Papa Don't Preach. That's probably my favourite one. But you know, it's. But you don't see that when you're listening to a person. So it's like Elvis Presley or someone like that. You're listening to the voice. It's nothing to do with how they look, really, I don't think. But maybe for me, you know like Buddy Holly I'd listen to Buddy Holly and for me it was his voice I don't wasn't thinking about how he looked or about his sexy glasses I was just about the voice and the the uh, uh, you know the kind of the the way that he would sing that I liked and the melodies and the music Anyway, this this music, this video, uh, judge channel thing, panel thing, the television program, they played songs, and I used to watch it most most weeks. And they played a song by Prince called Alphabet Street. And uh, you might not know it, but it basically starts off. Um, it fits in with the alphabet, doesn't it? Like from earlier, I mean. But then he sort of says, uh, I'm going down to Alphabet to Alphabet Street. I'm going to crown the first girl that I meet. To make a better day. Yeah, 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 yeah. A better day. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. To make it okay, yeah. And I think, excuse me, da 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 da. But there's a bit of screeching and, you know, but the video was it's really good. And it was, it seemed to be the hook that connected the, the music to the video. And it's so, um, together, like the video and the music seemed so, they both needed each other. I don't mean needed, well maybe needed each other, but also did need as in a sense of dough and kneading the dough and you know pushing it together and and fitting it together the video and the music together and the words that he was singing was being played out on the video so uh, there'd be letters from the alphabet on there so it was like very sort of animated letters and it'd be him and I haven't seen the video for a long time, but I always remember that episode because everybody that was on the panel, I say everybody, like there was hundreds, there was only three. There might have been four. There might have been only two. I oh, really, there was, I'm sure there was three. Um, So yeah, but it was a really good show. And that video, that was one of my favorite songs. But it wasn't, the song I liked most that Prince ever did was um, Sign of the Times. Or Sign of the Times. That was probably my favorite Prince song. And just absolutely loved that song. There's been a lot of songs that I really, really love. But they sometimes it's uh, Flying Without Wings by Westlife. And what other songs do I really, really love? So there's, there's two songs that I connect quite together. So Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler, but there's another song that I connect to that, and it's um, uh, Men at Work, Down Under. And I think they were both the same year, like 83, maybe, or 82, 83. And I remember they were both massive hits. And I think it might be in the same year that I have my appendix out, so maybe 83. And I just remember that period of time where the, I think, because when I was in the hospital and having my appendix out, the, the hospital radio came in, not the whole, they didn't bring all their equipment in and there wasn't, they weren't dragging you know, the studio with them, you know, all of the decks and the mixing equipment and thousands of tapes and that, that would have been a bit weird. 
there probably wouldn't have been enough room I imagine in in the children's ward now it's it's all computerized and yeah they don't you know everything's digital now but back then it was tapes and vinyl you know it's a lot a lot more physically a lot more uh, space was required and when I lived above the chip shop you know I was earning so I, had, I was on a YTS which is uh, it's a youth training scheme it was uh, a way to allow employers to employ young people for very very small amount of money like tiny amount of money so for the first year I got paid £27 a week and the second year I got paid Thirty. When did I get paid for the second year? Thirty something. Thirty-five pound a week, I think. And yeah, thirty-five was for the second year. So I moved into the flat above the shop, and it was forty pound a week rent. So I was minus five pound a week that I couldn't even afford to buy the rent, never mind food or anything like that. Although I did eat there when I was working. So I, oh, I used to love the pasties. Pasties were the best. Loved the pasties and tomato sauce. Well, I want a pasty now. So I ended up working extra, doing overtime, working Saturdays, and I managed to make my money up to £47 a week, including extra days, extra time and stuff. So I was living on £7 a week to eat for food, and even though it's a long time ago, it still was very tiny amount of money to actually get by and it was weird because I went from when I, I worked there working a normal week without any overtime I was getting paid £60 a week I mean it was I was told that come September I would be getting I'll be on a YTS and I knew what I was going to be getting, but before that period, from April to September, yeah, so for about three or four months, I was working and getting paid £60 a week. And that was a lot, I'd never had that much money a week before. Uh, so it was a lot of money to me. And the first thing I bought was a samurai sword, because I was really into martial arts back then. So I had throwing stars and all kinds of different things, but I hadn't never had enough to buy a sword. 
so the first thing I ever bought and it cost me I think like 60 pound or 55 pound and I bought this sword it's my first thing I ever bought and uh, never got to use it but it's a it's weird isn't it the memories but then going down to 27 pound after having 60 pound a week to have your wages halved and then I was working an extra day a week to bring my money up because I couldn't live on £27 even when I wasn't because at that time I wasn't living in the flat but 27 still wasn't enough to pay for just living you know buying clothes and stuff like that Now we have the minimum wage, so in this country it's seven pound or eight pound an hour. And I think they, they still started the, I think like an equivalent to the YTS, but they call it apprenticeships. So they're getting people working for small amounts of money, but I think it's a bit better than a YTS. But the, it's a very, it was good for some people. Some people managed to get qualifications I was at college at the same time so some people managed to go on and become chefs and mechanics and you know but for me you know it wasn't really didn't really didn't really lead anywhere I learned how to make fry some good chips though and fish was very good I made a I cooked a, a nice bit of fish Fried a nice bit of fish. But I'm going to watch television now, so I'm going to go. So, uh, trying to think, was there anything that I missed out that I was going to talk about? There isn't, because I wasn't going to talk about anything. I'm like just talking. I'm going to grow my beard really, really, really long. Like, really just scary long. My hair's going to just be everywhere. That's my plan. So take care yourselves. And I shall speak to you next time. Bye. Lots of love.